0: Welcome to another episode of the Heck yeah Comics Podcast with your hosts, David and Nick. In this episode, we introduce Gordon to Gotham and Gotham Girl, take another quest into the future, meet our newest Iron Man, and get the old gangs back together at Marvel. Stay tuned for all of this and more! What's up losers? Welcome to the Heck Yeah Comics podcast.
1: We only record for winners.
0: Yeah. Which is why nobody's listening to this show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Like, think. How do you Good when, one, when you Good insult one. the people that are now listening to your show, and they ah. think, "How do we recover from this?" So that they don't immediately
0: shut the show off because they're laughing and they're like, "Oh, those guys are so silly. We love them so much and want to shower them in money."
1: Yeah, I, I wish. Yeah. That So, David, you don't know what finagle a bagel
0: is. Okay. Are we all right? So, we're going to bring the pre-show discussion into this. All right. Into the show. Into the show. All right. What? Yeah. What the? What the crap is a finagle the bagel? It's a. It chain. Sounds, It sounds like a really. It sounds like a uh, a game show on Nickelodeon from the '90s. <laughs>
1: uh, it's, it's weird. You know, it, it's one of those things where I think the the. The point of commentary of this conversation is the, how much we are defined by our surroundings, whether it's uh, local references, pop culture references, or local pop culture references in a sense. that something for me like just saying finagle a bagel or using in some sort of weird, disturbing sexual innuendo just is totally comfortable for me. But you're just like, wow, that sounds amazing. I've never heard that before. And I'm like, dude, it's finagle a bagel. How have you not heard of it? But the truth is, I guess, and I didn't realize this that it is just a local change to uh, maybe Massachusetts, maybe just the new, new England area, but it has not made its way down to Virginia
0: or to Arizona because I've like like I said, I've never heard of this uh bullshit before.
1: Uh if you google it, it's not bullshit, it's bagels.
0: Hey, is your fan on?
1: No, I have a window open.
0: Okay. How do you spell oh. that, that? All Hold right. On.
1: Hold on, say something.
0: Okay, so while, while Nick is closing that window uh, like you would think he would do before the show, audience, I'm going to ask you, since you can't respond, how do you think you spell finagle? Is it F-I? I feel like it's F-I. But really, how can you tell? It's such a bizarre word. It's not even really a word.
1: What, finagle? How do you spell it? F-I-N-A-G-L-E. Finagle
0: a bagel. Finagle... Finagle bagel. That is the third search result when I type in finagle.
1: Yeah. You've been searching for the wrong things all your life, David.
0: <laughs> Apparently. Uh, yeah, it definitely seems like it is a a Massachusetts thing. Well, we appreciate everybody tuning in to the Heck Yeah Bagels podcast, where uh, this week we're going to be talking about sesame.
1: Finagling you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh what anyway where's uh where's where's batman's batmobile it's it's, we should just just, i think we've we've hit our limit let's go
0: are you trying to recover from that really embarrassing shouting out of finagling what is (laughs) it
1: i don't embarrass myself i run away before anyone can give me uh feedback on what if i just did was stupid
0: i'm gonna drag this out a little bit longer what's your favorite kind of bagel (sighs) i mean if you go for like standard bagels uh,
1: I enjoy a plain one. Um, maybe like a garlic bagel is good. Mm-hmm. Um, probably like a raisin, kind of like a cinnamon raisin type bagel.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I that's think good, with, good. That's good with peanut butter. I can get down with that. Mm, a Peanut butter bagel, definitely a, uh-huh.
1: a good bagel. Like a cinnamon peanut butter. C- sorry, cinnamon raisin with peanut butter yeah. is quite delightful.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about.
1: Nothing better than just like a toasted type of bread type material with melted butter on it.
0: A toasted bread type material. Uh, we have this place here called Bodos. It's uh, local to the Charlottesville area as far as it might be a little bit beyond it as well, but they have this jalapeno lime cream cheese that is it is wonderful. Hmm. It is Bodo's, Bodos. Bodo's, 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 not as
1: cool as finagle bagel though.
0: Nah, uh, finagle bagel is, it's hitting that sweet spot in ridiculous names. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have uh, Einstein brothers? Of course we do. Batman. Oop, that was the wrong sound clip and also wasn't very loud. Uh, there it is.
1: To the Batmobile, let's go.
0: All oh, right. I don't know why I have that clip. We're going to get rid of that one. But we are now going to talk about some comics.
1: Specifically, if you're not surprised, we're going to talk about Batman because apparently we can't not talk about Batman on this it, show.
0: It is a tradition so far. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Batman number two hit the stands this week. Uh, continuing the story with uh, with Gotham and Gotham Girl in goth goth uh, um man i'm still not a big fan of these superhero names
1: and batman town
0: in batman Town. <laughs> there we go i'm just gonna change it to batman town i love it uh brief brief recap uh, of the issue you have gotham and gotham girl fighting solomon grundy and they're doing okay but there's a lot of collateral damage until batman steps in and takes care of it With a judo throw. Yeah, using his enemy's strength against him. Uh, So
1: let's pause for a second. Uh, I was reading some online discussion about the issue to say what other people thought, because I'm like, this issue is fantastic. Let me have other people ruin it for me. (laughs) Um, And um, it sounds like, I mean, people obviously... Some people didn't get certain jokes, so they thought like, "This is a Batman." Bro. Um, other people were just kind of like, "I like this. I didn't like that." The general consensus is most people seem to have had a problem with the way that Batman took down Solomon Grundy, Grundy, yeah. Um, in the sense that like, here he is being tossed around and fighting Gotham and Gotham Girl, you know, fairly effortlessly, and then Batman comes up and does a judo throw. Which, if you understand judo, you know that like you can use someone's momentum you know against them mm-hmm. but i mean i imagine you know even ba- solomon grunny being kind of like grabbed and thrown through the air and then onto his back not i mean batman's like maybe six foot two or something like that mm-hmm. so it's not like he's dropping very far after he comes back down yeah um you know would do a lot of damage but if you kind of read into the scene it's not so much i mean like I guess he went from being kind of coherent even while fighting to like after he's on the ground he's kind of gurgling his words. So uh-huh. I guess the impression is that like like that actually did some damage to him. And I think that's what people are kind of like that that doesn't that shouldn't that shouldn't work. Yeah. Um, I think you could also read it as is that maybe he's disoriented for a second. But here's Batman, he's got his boot on his throat, and then Gotham and Gotham Girl are there. So he's basically like at a stalemate. It's not like he couldn't get back up and keep fighting. But he kind of knows that it's probably not worth it at this point. However yeah. smart Solomon Grundy is.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was like the only point in the issue that I had uh, really read people having a bigger problem with. Uh, it was like it, because that that panel of him tossing Solomon Grundy does look like he has super strength. Uh, and I mean, yeah, it it didn't do enough to like take me out of the issue or or mess it up for me. So. Could it have been better, sure, but hey, the story still goes on. Yeah, I think, I mean,
1: so, you know, it's, it's a one-page splash and it's Batman holding up in the air. From a static standpoint, sure, it looks like he's just holding him up in the in the air and maybe the arc could have done a little bit better to emphasize that Grundy was in uh, a quick forward motion, mm-hmm. that the arm was going down where it does kind of, so like he's holding him up, which from a static imagery standpoint, take out the continuity context, it's a pretty awesome looking image. Yeah. Um, But once you jump to the next page, the next panel is Batman just dropping Solomon to the ground. So it's not like, again, that Batman was holding him and then like did a superhuman throw. There's a sense of uh, motion with the judo throw that brought Solomon. I'm mostly saying judo throw because I didn't know exactly what a judo throw was until I saw someone describe it. (laughs) And now I'm just like trying to use it to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Um, I mean, and then you got, i um, looking at the panel now, Solomon's kind of like bleeding from the nose. Saul, <laughs> Saul, Solomon, and yeah, anyway.
0: Does, uh, does Solomon Grundy have blood?
1: I guess so. I mean, he's humanoid. Yeah, isn't he
0: like undead?
1: Yeah, but I mean, just probably blood in there. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess if you wanted to call it a weak point, it was probably the more suspect part of the book. Um, which in this book, like it's really, it wasn't a deal breaker for me. Uh, other than that, David, uh, kind of, can you bond through your synopsis?
0: All right. So really what a lot of this issue deals with is Batman, uh, trying to figure out if he can trust Gotham and Gotham girl, these new superheroes on the scene who are very much like Superman. uh, you know we don't get, we we kind of get the sense that they're they're not as powerful but they're still really strong and they have a lot of crazy abilities still no clue where they came from uh but they do seem like they are here to do some good uh we also have Jim Gordon uh, has a meeting with somebody who says that he's the one that released Solomon Grundy out on the city and as he's confessing this to Jim Gordon he kills himself in his office uh, with the warning that the monster men are coming. And this issue ends with uh as some as people had speculated online up to this point, uh the reveal of Hugo Strange being involved uh but apparently working with Amanda Waller who has saved Gotham City, according to some uh General Gen- Lane. That Gen- is General Lane, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yep. So we have new heroes in town, Batman trying to figure out if he can trust them, uh a big threat coming and three big wigs in the DC universe converging on Gotham with some big conspiracy. Nick, how would this issue hit you? I I mean
1: in all reality were two issues in. i want to i don't know how much of the rebirth issue was tom king how much of it was scott snyder uh i felt like it that rebirth issue felt more like a snyder issue than a than a, a king issue, um, but definitely King's authoritative voice has come in strong the last couple of issues. And compared to the Snyder mm-hmm. um, overabundance of speeches and captions and, and narration, the fact that it's like characters talking, like characters interacting, whether they be quipping or saying something serious, it's less like speaking in like metaphors and soliloquies and just like yeah, like I just lied to get in this office, and by the way, that was my fault. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. it, it, the characters feel a bit more. I don't want to say that they were In a
0: comparison, oh, uh, so uh, you you cut out your audio cut out for just a second there.
1: Looks like it still says no microphone detected. Can you hear me at all?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. You might just be coming in through your mic. Did your uh, USB come unplugged or something?
1: No, it's all fine.
0: Tap, tap your microphone. It's okay. I I don't know what happened there. Anyway.
1: Skype still telling me what my microphone
0: is. Oh. You just got real quiet again. Uh, I'm going to pause the recording while we figure this out. Sorry, folks. Sorry about that. Pause there, folks. We seem to have gotten things worked out and we will uh, continue on now. Nick, you were talking about the uh, issue a little bit, your general thoughts.
1: Yeah. As far as I think one of Tom King strength is definitely, um, I think he, he does, he does his words deliberate. Um, His, his, you know, everything about the issue, like he's very much a structure junkie and I think he sets up the structure and he builds within it. Um, Mm -hmm. so I feel like when his characters talk, like even if it's a sly comment here, like everything's of the mind that it's leading towards, if not not like a metaphorical conclusion, like uh, a a revelation of something, but more that like everything's designed to move the story forward. Even if it's an offhand comic about like Batman's like illuminating Batman's trust issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the characters just when they talk like they're not going off in long speeches about how batman you know what batman means to gotham city like it's a bit more understated um so that's something that that i like um you know and and there's he didn't just bypass the whole like the fact that batman for a split second thought he was going to die so there's like the scene where he's looking at videos of gotham and gotham girl and he's talking about how there's going to be others, Alfred, other planes, asteroids, aliens, and I won't be able to stop them, I'll die. And then Dick will take my place. Then he'll die.
0: Yeah. That was a very interesting couple of lines. hmm
1: Uh, and but of course with Alfred, you know, he comes back with a a, 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 a quippy repertoire Talking about how like there's a gala upstairs that you're missing, blah blah blah, and he just keeps you know repeating hitting Batman over the head with it and his sort of dry Alfred wit, which was great. Um, So once we get past the guy killing himself, talking about the monster man, that scene of Batman holding the the beautiful woman, and then the the bat him seeing the bat signal and just like I have to go. It's like when he's Bruce Wayne, like he's in there, he's you know charming the ladies, um, and then you know, he's off. It's just, it's just a very much like a, a quintessential Bruce Wayne as, you know, or just Bruce Wayne kind of scene that's, it's done very quick. It's just one page deal. Um, but it's it just, this is an issue where King has sort of captured the essence of Batman. Like it's, it's, I mean, it's two issues. in so it's like, he kind of went back to basics with Batman. You've got Gordon as the commissioner, Alfred with his dry wit, you know, the, He's playing with the the Batman Bruce Wayne dynamic, and even just sort of small one page things like this. Even if it just seems like a throwaway gag, um, it really speaks to how Batman utilizes Bruce Wayne as a character and a persona, um, and of course as just like a storytelling thing. I just I really really enjoyed that page, and weirdly enough, I also kind of wish that the woman, despite having two lines of dialogue and both being the same word. I kind of want to know more about her even though like it's just that one page of her. Um mm-hmm. other than that what, what well, else did you think Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm going to jump in. So you were talking about sort of that uh the you know that page those four panels that is very much this is exactly Bruce Wayne. Uh I would say that he then in that next scene captured you know, sort of the, the quintessential um Batman sort of scene where he is on the rooftop with Gordon and he br- you know brings in Gotham and Gotham girl and then uh he you know he does his disappearing act and this is the first time that Gotham and Gotham girl have seen it and they're so very confused by it uh and they're Like Gotham, you know, says, I can see through everything. I can see everything. It's impossible. Like, where did he go? I think he even calls it like ultra vision or something. Yeah. Something like super, these guys are super silver age uh, and kind of ridiculous. And it's a lot of fun. I'm actually really, really digging them. Um, But yeah, it's just like, it's these great kind of like what you said, like boiling them down to their elements uh, and and getting them or getting like Batman just kind of in a uh, uh, getting like essence of Batman and building his story off of that. Uh, And there was a line I I texted you that there was, uh, you know, I love, I love comics and they elicit a lot of emotion and feelings out of me, but very rarely do they get me to uh, laugh a lot, Mm -hmm. like laugh out loud. Uh, and there was a line in this book that I had to stifle laughter in my office as I read it. Uh, and it is um, when uh, Bruce Wayne is getting ready to go respond to the bat signal and he's got Duke Thomas and Alfred with him. Uh, and Duke's and he's saying that he's going to get Gotham and Gotham girl involved. And Duke's like, oh, you're going to take them to Gordon. Do you trust them? to which duke Flippant, or which bruce Flippant responds like i don't res- i don't trust anyone i don't even trust alfred uh, and then alfred has this great line uh which is for his 10th birthday uh he asked for a katana dueling blade i got him a wakazashi instead which seemed more appropriate for his age he's been this way ever since and
1: it I, I broke out laughing too.
0: It was such an amazing line. And you even like, you have be- like Bruce doing a quick joke and then Alfred making a joke. Like there's humor in this book, which not to say there wasn't humor in like Snyder's run, but you know, as you said, things were kind of meta and grandiose at times. And this is, it does feel like getting back to basics, uh, mm-hmm. in a number of ways. And I, and I'm really, really liking the story. I'm very excited to see, uh, how things go, where they, you know, where the story wraps up. I like that they revealed the, the Hugo Strange thing, though he's Professor Strange currently. He's not Doctor Strange. I don't Strange. think they're going to call him Doctor they're Strange not... at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, that's. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Doctor Strange with uh, the the movie coming out for Marvel. I was reading... Um, so, oh, fun fact Wait, real quick. Hold, hold up. So Wait, the I, whole... Okay. Well, I was going to say, I was reading this article earlier about something about Jason Momoa. And I don't know if this person was being facetious or not. But they said, uh, like, it was just an offhand comment of, like, well, he'll be busy making Aquaman movies for Marvel. And I'm like, this person is either an idiot or they're trying to anger me. And it's probably both. Anyway, what were you going to say?
1: Uh, that, that's pretty funny. Um, the the whole, like, Bruce disappearing and Gotham and Gotham girl can't seeing him uh, do it. Can't seeing um, him do it? It's, it's, it's impossible. No, it's Batman. Uh, yeah, that's, that's actually
0: such a Batman one. Uh, King
1: actually uh, lift like, admitted to lifting that. I guess in more Grant Morrison's just uh, JLA run, um, mm-hmm. there's a scene where like Batman's gonna go infiltrate something, and Superman uses his X-ray vision to like sc- like look at the whole area, and he's like, I can't see Batman anywhere. Like, I'm looking through the whole complex, and I don't know how he's sneaking into this place. And I guess Batman ends up doing it, but Superman can't see him the entire time. So that was actually. In reference to that scene in Morrison's JLA,
0: uh, I mean, yeah, King's had a couple of referencey moments, like he had the, um, you know, keep your eyes on the clock, Batman, or or well, I can't remember like exactly exactly the wording, something about the clock uh, in the first issue, and that is a reference to something Hugo Strange said way back in the day. Uh, so it seems like he's kind of pulling some references out and we'll be using those throughout the the book and that that's actually a lot of fun that'll uh it is.
1: so that quote from hugo strang is actually from batman number, number one, one way yeah. back when way it also back sounds back like king actually went and read the first all the first batman issues yeah. or something like that or at least a couple of them so he read like snyder's batman number one he read the original batman number one uh he's clearly a fan of morrison's batman mm-hmm. um and i think Well, there are definitely superhero elements of Snyder, especially when you get into, like, the super heavy arc. Mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, first, like King has even said, like, he's trying to bring this Batman into the greater DC universe. That's why you're seeing characters like Amanda Waller and General Lane. Mm -hmm. That he's not just operating in a Gotham vacuum. That things that happen in Gotham affect other places in the world, and other places in the world are impacting Gotham. And I think, I, I, I imagine there will be some detective elements and all that, but this Batman is very much a superhero Batman. Um, you know, he's got that sweat, like the Bruce Wayne swagger, you know, he's confident. Um, but he's got his mission. He's, he's passionate, but you know, he's got that, this, this, this Batman clearly has like a superhero swagger and you can just feel it from the dialogue and the way that he's in the way the art, uh, portrays him.
0: Mm -hmm. I'd be very curious to see with Gotham and Gotham girl way, where they end up. And I hope this, this doesn't seem like they're they're gonna pull this where it's like they're secretly the bad guys the whole time or they turn out to like be villains through at some point in the issue like they do seem like they're trying to do good and Mm -hmm. and save the city that they have named themselves awkwardly after
1: (laughs) i think uh at least from what i've read their 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 main story like the mystery of them will be wrapped up by issue five or six
0: yeah i figured
1: um, and of course the monster men for those that don't know is referencing it. it, it all ties back to Hugo strange. Um, he's actually the originator of the monster men and David, you have yet to read it, but if you ever see them for on, on sale on comiXology, the Batman and the monster men and Batman and the mad Monk oh. miniseries by Matt Wagner. Yeah. I think you would really like them.
0: Yeah. I do need to, uh, check that out. You are. Um, correct but
1: myself. anyway, yeah, monster man, Hugo Strange, all connected. Uh, and actually, I'm not sure how much the monster men are are going to be dealt with in the first five or six issues um because the uh, there's going to be the first rebirth or batman rebirth crossover event um after issue 6 that's actually go called the night of the monster men or something like that the rise or whatever the something of the monster men tying in between nightwing batman and detective comics I believe oh cool maybe there's a fourth book I'm missing but at least those three
0: well awesome those I think that uh for the sake of time, we'll move on to some other thoughts, Nick, what else, what else did you read this week that, uh, really stuck with you?
1: Um, so I basically kept it to DC. Uh, I mean, I did read like Moon Knight, uh, and Tokyo ghost, but I also read, uh, Superman number two and justice league rebirth, uh, Superman, or actually, no, I'm going to talk about justice league rebirth. Um, this is, it's funny in some ways. First off, this is re- this Rebirth issue, at least, is written and drawn by Brian Hitch. Brian Hitch will be the writer of the forthcoming, ongoing series of Justice League, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be drawn, at least starting with Tony Daniel, and there's probably another artist that I, I'm not thinking of. Uh, Brian Hitch was also writing and drawing the, the Justice League of America comic prior to Rebirth, um, and I believe there's still, like, three or four missing issues to go in that arc, the whole them fighting Rao, arc
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Rao being the 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 son of the god of the sun in kryptonian mythology um and like that so that that whole storyline has not wrapped up like he has not finished that it's super super delayed whether or not they end up getting to it uh remains to be seen Uh, i don't i haven't heard any like public announcements being like by the way this is still being worked on um so that's kind of funny that he's working on this he's got this other stuff that should have come out first was now on the back burner as far as the issue goes i didn't love it uh i would say that i was definitely a big fan of brian hitch's art way back when and in a, in a weird sense like you know his art at okay levels is still better than a lot of different artists but at um but there's, it just feels like there's a, a certain magic. Maybe it was just when I was younger. I don't know. But I guess if you if you took like the rebirth issue and compare it to something like his the Ultimates, you know, volumes one and two, um, there's just something about those issues that just just is just still like absolutely incredible. Whereas now, like I wouldn't say that his art is like um, not photoshopped, like light boxed or anything. Like he might do some like tracing of like the city environments and all that, but. Sometimes like the faces just seem weird or their poses seem weird. It doesn't seem as dynamic. It doesn't seem as hard-hitting. Like The way that some of the action beats are set up just don't seem very inspired, mm-hmm. um, which for someone like Hitch, you know, I wouldn't say that he ever got really crafty with like panel layouts or anything, but there was a real cinematic feel of some of his earlier work and the way that the action really hit you hard. It made it feel like a, a big blockbuster film. Um, and this is like in it, it, a lot of his more recent work too, like real heroes, which I think also has never finished um and i don 't know if that other thing he did about the, uh america 's got powers i don 't know if he ever finished that either um i, I don 't want i 'm not trying to throw shade on him or anything i 'm just trying to speak truth um anyway his art like there 's just there's a certain specialness to it that I feel like has either worn off in my eyes or just Uh, maybe because he's working under tighter deadlines and actually has to get this issue out that like he, you know, obviously the ultimates ended up being super, super late because of the art. Um, So maybe he just had more time to kind of finesse it, but there's just something missing in the art. As far as the dialogue goes, Brian Hitch is kind of a guy that is relatively new to writing. You know, I think he started with real heroes and then he was doing justice league of America. And now this, um, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say that he doesn't understand who the characters are, whether or not he's experienced enough to kind of bring that out in a compelling, entertaining way on the page. Uh, I, my opinion is it's not. The dialogue just felt kind of uh, overstuffed. Like, he overwrote a lot of stuff. Um, and I just... I, I really wasn't a fan of that. Some of the dialogue was a little weird. There were some cool lines. I will say that he found ways to... Handle uh t- tying in recent events, like like the 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 history between like say Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz to the Justice League. Like how in you know back when Simon Baz got introduced, he was actually being hunted by the Justice League. So like there's a quip to that, or how like Jessica Cruz, like how she's like just or some, they're flying to the Justice League and Simon Baz is just like you know the Justice League arrested me once, right? And she's like, that's okay. I tried to kill them. Um, <laughs> So there's, there there were smaller quips like that that I thought he did really well, but there was like this like he the only time it cut away from the main like action of the issue was um, introducing you to the pre52 Superman. He's mm-hmm. having this kind of weird conversation with Lois, where he's like like he, they're watching on screen as like this gigantic you know monster, I mean, city-sized monster is hovering over New York City, like controlling people's minds like sorrow. Uh, who also gets name-dropped in this issue. And he's, like, ar- like not arguing, but, like, discussing with Lois, like, the merits of, like, oh, they can handle it. And she's like, well, they had a Superman, you know, when they handled all the... Their- like, he's like, oh, but they did this, and they did this, and this. And she's like, well, they had a Superman at the time. And he, like, the- I just felt kind of weird that, like, he'd actually be entertaining a-, a drawn-out discussion about whether or not he should intervene and help them, now that he's also public. That just seemed kind of weird. Other than that, I I actually looked up online and apparently, like Brian Hitch, like very closely lifted from like some Doctor Who quotes and also like the monster. The monster in the issue is called the Reaper. And I
0: have you played oh, Mass Effect? Yes, I saw that. Uh, I saw that page. It's very Mass Effect.
1: So yeah, the whole thing being called the Reaper and how it's there to harvest and stuff like is basically more or less what the Reapers are all about. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, it was which-
0: very yeah, it was very like everything about that conversation was very Mass Effect. I mean,
1: it's not super dissimilar to, like, say the... the, What the heck is a a swarm? Like, the the Galactus Swarm from the Ultimate Universe, like, that was very similar. Um, I mean, it's not like it's a new idea to have some kind of thing that comes down like Starro is even older than Mass Effect and all that stuff. And... Like I said, Star gets name dropping this issue. But, like, I guess the design, the fact that they were called Reapers and that their mission statement was more or less the same as the Reapers uh, was just kind of like, did he not realize that, like, he was heavily lifting from these things? Um, So that was also kind of awkward once I knew, once I kind of retroactively applied that to my reading of the, the story. I'm probably, I'll be curious to see what Tony daniel's artwork looks like on this he's not an artist that i've always enjoyed like he's not one of my go-to artists. i wouldn't say his art's been bad and from a w- little bit of the previews i've seen i think he's definitely elevating his art for this book but whether or not that's going to be enough for me to get over the kind of the the um uh, what's the one I'm looking for um the the freshness of brian hitch's writing just mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm going to get into it but anyway that's Excuse me. That's kind of my feeling on justice league rebirth. David, what have you read?
0: Um, I read a number of things, mostly DC this week. Uh, I will, however, just so we're not, um, talking about only DC stuff. Uh, I will talk briefly about Tokyo ghost, uh, which, uh, you know, we've talked about the series a lot here on the podcast, uh, written by Rick Remender art by Sean Murphy, uh, it It's a series that, for me, started off weak, built up uh, to a fairly, like, really strong middle, uh, and then kind of coasted on that for a bit. But it's kind of been going downhill. I think we talked about the last issue uh, on the episode. And I thought that they were just, like, the lack of subtlety in, in so many ways was really damaging to this book. Uh, and I think that remains true in this issue. Um, overall, I, you know, Sean Murphy's art is amazing. Uh, this issue does actually have some really good moments, uh, from a writing standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, like the whole opening scene with, uh, with dent and, or Teddy, uh, and I can't remember her name, Debbie, uh, Debbie. Yeah. Uh, in the, in the garden, like that was a really, really great sequence. Um, and, you know, kind of like a, a good parallel to how things would eventually work out. Uh, the action in this book was was pretty good, but there's just a couple moments like where, uh, I can't remember, the, the guy who was like leading everything last issue got killed. Uh, and so the guy who, I mean, I, names I'm terrible with in this in this book right now. Um, let me see if I can just find it real quick. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally over it. So there's like a <laughs> cyborg guy. There's like the big fat guy who was naked all the time. Davy Trauma. Davy Trauma. So Davy Trauma is like a cyborg guy who was being controlled by the uh, the fat guy uh, is now free and fighting uh, Debbie. And he's like, he stops for like a moment and he's like, oh, wait, I'm going to give the old guy like one, the one thing he can never do and puts his disembodied head (sighs) sucking his own dick. (laughs) It's like, okay, it was messed up. (laughs) It was super messed up. It's like, okay, like I, yeah. All right. I get where you're going with that. Okay, whatever. That's fine big action scene ensues and it's actually like fairly, you know, it's, it's Sean Murphy art. It's, it's a good action scene. It's, uh, it's exciting. The colors are super great when they really need to be, um, really bright moments. Uh, which, you know, that's not on Murphy. That's on Hollingsworth. Um, uh, but anyway, Matt Hollingsworth, I just wanted to get the guy's, uh, name in there. And then like we get to the end, uh, just briefly, like, Debbie, things don't go great for her. She kind of loses the fight and has to make a retreat while Dent is dead or dying. Uh, And then Davey Trauma says a line that will haunt me for the rest of my days, which is, Yo DJ, hit me with a fleek-ass Bieber track. (laughs) which was so much Remender being like, kids, I'm still cool. I'm going to use words like (laughs) fleek and Bieber. Uh, Fleek-ass Bieber. I'll counter and say that I
1: don't think it was Remender trying to be like, guys, I'm cool, I'm cool, look at this line of dialogue. I think that was his intention with Davey Trauma. That's why it seems forced.
0: Right, well, and, and just like that, it was just kind of an element like like previous elements in the book where somebody's just so excited about something that they blindly start performing fellatio on the like self proclaimed leader of everything because oh, you're just so wonderful, the only way I can really uh proclaim my joy to you is to start performing sexual acts on you and uh the ham fistedness um uh, but like that just like was another moment where it's like, oh guys, this is a commentary on current day, and it but hey the red panda was awesome i'm all Red panda I'm was
1: all... awesome not enough red pandas in comics not enough
0: red pandas in this comic or in any comic in general we should just bring red pandas into justice league bring them into batman uh bring them into have a red panda
1: be batman Have a... oh, that's yeah. what king's run is missing
0: yeah i think red panda as every superhero i, I would get behind that forget scotty young variant covers
1: red panda covers If anything, Uh, like, why isn't there a superhero named Red Panda?
0: That's that's a great question. There's Black
1: Panther. Why not Red Panda?
0: Red Red Panda. Uh, We could get into some problems with that, so we're going to avoid that entirely. And, uh, yeah, I'll just say that...
1: But if you want to know, Led Den, uh, a.k.a. Teddy, is dead. Is he dead? He's dead dead. I was actually looking at reading the letters page, as I'm apt to do sometimes after Uh a comic. Um, And this is what uh, Rick Remender actually said. Um, so it actually was it partly it was responding to someone's letter um, but basically it said, I'm sorry that Teddy's fate was less bright unfortunately Teddy gave in to the violence and became lead dent. and given his choices I guess I didn't feel like he had earned a redemption uh, Debbie and Teddy have a relationship I've seen play out all too often it's not a healthy one it's one that distorts love in a way where two people become intertwined and prolonging each other's sickness it sounds like you found a uh, blah 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 so basically like I mean there was a tragic love story, like they were not meant to last, and the book has always ultimately been about Debbie, even if it felt like they was co-starring Debbie and Led Dent. Also, this book only has two issues left and probably won't come back anytime soon. So, so that does I mean, actually
0: make me curious to see how things are going to wrap up then in that case. Um, I mean, as the book yeah, came.
1: I mean, at this point, so the. The leader guy, I still can't think of his name. Uh, you know, he's dead. Presumably, like the book's not going to finish up without them defeating Davy Trauma in some way. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that there couldn't be more story. Like, obviously, they're not going to solve the world's problems by the end of the book. Nor necessarily is solving the world's problems necessarily the end game of if the story was to continue. But I, I, like you, I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to wrap up this immediate conflict. And what that might spell for the future of the book, if anything?
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, you know, I want to like this book, and uh, and there's like there's good stuff here, but it's just it's it's my complicated relationship with Remender continues throughout all time. Fair enough. Um, I think though, I think that'll that'll do us on the uh, on the comic talk though for this episode and we will uh in this episode in this episode we will wonder what happens to spider-man and his amazing friend
1: (sighs) well uh... listen up folks uh marvel's been hitting hot and heavy with some new marvel now this is the second marvel now by the way some marvel now announcements uh, I guess when is San Diego Comic Con? This was almost A all be leading up to San Diego.
0: A couple of weeks, yeah. This is all. I mean, there will be big announcements coming out of that. This is them getting smaller stuff out of the way, I guess. Oh,
1: I, I mean, I don't remember last convention. I want maybe it was the convention before that. But I feel like Marvel and, and other companies have got have been getting to this point where they actually um, like make all their announcements leading up to the event. And then, if you yeah. show up to the event and are like sitting in on their panels and stuff, they'll just elaborate on it, but you don't have to get any new details. Well, I think we'll get. Um, I think
0: it's mostly going to be like movie stuff in the panels. That seems kind of to be the big thing. Is maybe not necessarily m- movie news, but like movies, movies, movies. People aren't talking comic questions anymore at the panels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think the the one that was I think just revealed today,
1: and probably the biggest of all the things, is that. Despite being billed part of, as, when, as part of all-new, all-different Marvel as being Marvel's flagship character and sort of like the center of their publishing plans, Tony Stark is in fact stepping down as Iron Man in the post-Civil War II landscape. Now, spoilers for those, but uh, even though none of us have read the ending of Civil War II yet because it's not coming out until October. Um, but apparently this doesn't ruin the ending of Civil War II except that you know that Tony Stark does not in fact die. So Tony Stark is stepping down as Iron Man. Who is replacing him? You ask. It is in fact Riri Williams, a new character introduced by Bendis, uh, who basically built what looks to looks like a War Machine esque armor in her dur- dorm room. I should also mention that while she is attending MIT, she is also fifteen years old, so she's a genius. Um, she's only had about like appearances in the Invincible Iron Man comic right now, but whatever, however that current volume shakes out and the end of Civil War 2 shakes out, she will be the new Iron Man. And I keep saying Iron Man because apparently she will be called Iron Man.
0: Yeah, at this point they have not given us an alternative name for uh, whatever she will call herself. I mean, uh, I guess I, I don't want to make a uh, any... Spoilers for Civil War, so uh, I won't won't say anything else on other possible monikers that she could take up. Uh,
1: uh, I mean the fact that War Machine's
0: dead. Okay, you know I wasn't gonna say it, but pretty sure we already
1: discussed it on the show. Did we?
0: Yeah, it's two
1: issues of comics so far, and he's already dead.
0: Yeah, they're just trying to. So who else are they gonna kill? You know they're gonna try. Uh, and I top think themselves. everyone's leaning
1: towards Bruce Banner being killed in the next issue.
0: Bruce Banner. Uh, but he was missing for like a year.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's coming back just to die. Um, <laughs> uh.
0: Which, I mean,
1: they've are, so another one of the announcements for Marvel now is a book called Champions. So mm-hmm. some fun factoids, David. Champions was a Marvel team in like the 70s, so it actually featured Black Widow, Hercules, Angel, and Iceman from the X-Men. I want to say Ghost Rider if I remember correctly. Um, I mean, the book didn't last very long, but it's just kind of one of those 70s Marvel's S teams, like the original Defenders, or like the post-original Defenders era. Um, I guess another publishing company got the rights to champions, and so Marvel, and this actually goes back to the the post-first Civil War, was when Matt Fraction was doing his California-based team. He, they were going to be called the champions, and then because of legal issues, because this other publisher had the champion rights, um they had to call it the order or they chose to call it the order after the fact. Um, but apparently they've Marvel has worked out the legal wranglings and they have brought the champions name back and the champions are now like the new team team of Marvel. Yes. Includes Amadeus Cho, uh,
0: miles Morales,
1: miles Morales. So the three all new, all different Avengers, miles Kamala Khan, AKA Miss Marvel and Sam Alexander, AKA Nova are quitting the all new, all different Avengers and joining up with Amadis as the Hulk, mm-hmm. uh, teen uh, time-displaced teen Cyclops, um, and then Vision's daughter, Viv, yes. uh, who is, I guess, spoilers, she's going to make it out of the Vision series, though it hasn't wrapped yet.
0: Right, I was going to say, so this, I guess this is pretty obvious, meaning that whatever happens in the Vision series, that At least she makes it. Yeah, it. yeah, some of the Vision family will actually survive whatever happens to them. Yeah. Um
1: so it's written by Mark Wade, which mm-hmm. is a, a thumbs up for me. I'll be very, I think he, he has a pretty, he, I want to say he has a pretty good handling of teen characters. Um, apparently Humberto ramos Ramos, sorry, is moving over from extraordinary X-Men to tackle this book. Uh, Ramos is an artist that I do like. Um, I, I definitely grew to enjoy some of his Spider-Man work. Um, but that being said I wasn't really feeling him on Extraordinary X-Men I honestly surprisingly wasn't feeling Jeff Lemire on Extraordinary X-Men X either Um, so I'll be curious I guess his art kind of works for the sort of zany you know ridiculous teen exploits that will probably occur in the book Um, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I feel like he doesn't handle emotional beats very well Um, but I mean I'm not going to say anything until I start to see some interior artwork for this issue his cover work seems fine Um, But, I mean, it's cool. It's kind of cool that Marvel was able to get one of their names back. I mean, Champions is kind of that team name that, like, you know, like Defenders, like Avengers or Justice League and all that. It's just, it's a good team name. And apparently this other publishing company, as far as I know, really wasn't using it. So, (laughs) it's all good.
0: Yeah. Well, that's not the only team that Marvel is uh, reviving and bringing back. Uh, as we will see, the return also of the Great Lakes Avengers, uh, at least for a time, sort yes. of, kind of.
1: The so it's being written by a guy uh, Zach Gorman, Zach Gorman I who apparently
0: think. is writing the Rick and Morty comic.
1: Rick and Morty, if not working on the show, probably as well. When Will Robson, who I've probably seen his art before, it looks like he's worked on the Star Lord book, but I haven't been reading the current volume. Um, The covers look fun. I mean, I didn't read. Uh, I'll, I'll probably see if they're on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, I know Dan Slott actually was kind of the one that popularized the modern Great, Lake, like Great Lakes Avengers. Uh, it's I do find some of the stuff funny, like Squirrel Girl's apparently not going to be in the book, but they're going to carry around a cardboard cutout of her to make themselves oh. more popular, huh. which is, is pretty funny. But, I mean, this is the kind of book where I don't necessarily have a strong urge to read it, but
0: it, it doesn't seems mean that it's not good. It seems like it'll be fun. Uh, it'll be like a book that'll be a lot of fun to uh, check out on Marvel Unlimited when it hits the hits it there. But yeah, it's not something that I'm going to go add to my pull list. Mm-hmm. Uh, it
1: definitely fits in with Marvel's kind of you know where they, they've been carving out this niche with like Howard the Duck, Squirrel Girl, um, Hellcat. Um, you know, this book kind of falls in that sort of zany humor um, category but the last book that they've announced so far is actually the US Avengers. Oh yeah. So U.S. Avengers. Kind of playing with like their character US Agent who surprisingly I'm I'm surprised and maybe he'll appear at some point because I know he's going to be reappearing in the Sam Wilson Captain America book is the character US Agent. Um but this team is actually made up of Squirrel Girl um and i should probably pull up the book because i just
0: forgot <laughs> yeah uh, I've, I've forgotten well, about this one before making the show notes as well
1: but uh another character that i do remember is that is showing up um is uh red hulk is coming back apparently red hulk lost his powers in one of the in the previous uh hulk volume um but now he's back and what makes it awesome is that he
0: has a mustache.
1: Is that he has a mustache it is
0: amazing the fact that red hulk did not have a mustache this entire time is criminal it is
1: criminal which i can understand when like they were teasing out his whole identity like you know the mustache would give be a dead giveaway but i mean it should have just should have just grown it after that yeah
0: anyway he should have a mustache i think he, makes the book he should have pulled off a fake upper lip when they were like <laughs> we're gonna reveal who it is he pulls off a fake upper lip and it's a mustache and they're like general ross <laughs> Um, other characters that are included on the team
1: is uh, Roberto da Costa who's a mutant uh, and basically for those that have been reading the New Avengers book that's been part of the all new all different Marvel, um, apparently they are now moving from being an international team to being a back to being a US based team. Um, so fun fact, Roberto da Costa, who's a, a very rich Brazilian mutant, um, bought aim. The uh, advanced idea mechanics, a terrorist group, turned them into the Avengers idea mechanics. And now they're, you know, got rid of all the bad eggs and now it's a heroic group. He's now apparently a changing it to the American idea uh, mechanics. Um, and basically, this team is sort of a continuation of what he was doing in New Avengers. Um, Tony Ho, the daughter of um, Yinsen Ho, the guy that died in Tony Stark's origin story. Is now the new Iron Patriot. That's weird. Huh. Not weird. I mean, if, I mean, I would say if she's American, which I guess she, she I'm assuming she is, otherwise I don't think she would have any compulsions for wanting to wear a patriotic suit of armor, but she's going to be the new Iron Patriot, which is just like one of those identities that like, don't get me wrong, like Iron Patriot's a pretty inspired name, and the costume was cool and all. But like the fact that Marvel keeps trying to bring it back is just interesting. You know what I mean? Like, especially Mm -hmm. because, I mean, it wasn't a heroic identity under Norman Osborn. It was kind of him sort of ripping off the American people. And, of course, you know, Iron Man and and Captain America, really. We're taking Um, it back.
0: We're bringing it back to the streets.
1: And then, of course, you had, you know, when Iron Man 3 came out, they put uh, Jim Rhodes, Rhodey, in the armor for a spell and then brought him back to War Machine And now I guess they're doing it with Tony Ho. But that being said, the writer of the book, Al Ewing, is really good. So I mean, he'll probably find a way to make it work. Uh, And the last, actually, two last members. One's called Pod, who was introduced in Jonathan Hickman's Avengers Run. Uh, She was supposed to be like, like, well, it was a machine that took over a human. I forget her name, um, and she was supposed to be like more bulky and stuff. But now they've kind of slimmed her down. Uh, And then gotta get those
0: sexy, sexy robots.
1: Sexy robots. Especially when they have nothing but like an ion cannon for their face, like oh, that does it for oh, me. Tell me more. Um, and the last character is Danielle Cage, the daughter of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. <gasps> what actually as uh, part that's not actually introduced in New Avengers, but just prior to New Avengers, there was this two I think two part mini series called Avengers Something <laughs> Ultron Forever. Yep, and they introduced a future timeline with. Um, Daniel Cage being the future Captain America of the year 20XX. Um, And at least for the first arc of this book, Daniel Cage will be returning to the past to help them fight something in a patriotic way. (laughs) So that's basically the uh, announcements coming from Marvel thus far. I bet Mm -hmm. you we'll get another one tomorrow.
0: Yeah, we haven't really got any from DC. We do have uh, some other news coming out of the CW camp a couple Small, interesting developments. Uh, CW has officially signed a deal with Netflix that eight days after airing the season finale of all shows going forward, they will be on Netflix. This means you don't have to wait for season premiere anymore to see the last season of Flash or Arrow or Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Supernatural. Supernatural. Uh, I actually really like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but uh, neither here nor there. Uh, of course, this deal will go into place next summer. So, for those of you who are waiting around for the last season of Flash and Arrow, sorry, you're going to be waiting a little bit longer. And yeah. uh, that's that's
1: pretty cool. Would you say that the the reason behind it? I, I would say that CW, despite having some entertaining programming. Um, obviously isn't a lot of people's go to channels and maybe by putting this stuff on Netflix and want people to binge through it faster, it might encourage them to be like, Well, I, I don't want to have to wait for the next Netflix season no, no. To, to catch
0: it. No, absolutely. They're trying to boost uh their you know, their actual ratings during the season. Um I do, you know, I don't think they necessarily need the help with all of their shows, but I think some of them definitely do, so mm-hmm. Uh well oh, continuing oh, with the CW
1: oh, yeah, Um they, train. They apparently already aired the entirety of Supergirl Season 1 in August. So for those that maybe missed it on CBS and want to get prepped for the second season on the CW, you'll be catch be able to catch the full first season in August.
0: Uh yeah, no, this is uh super awesome because I think it's really, really smart on their part. Uh because they can't really expect that everybody, you know, was watching over on CBS is now going to hop on over, and there might be the fear that oh, our, our new viewers aren't going to be caught up and want to dig into stuff. So, uh, so hey, we're going to provide it for you on a silver platter. Hop on in, uh, check it out. It'll probably be on Netflix too, uh, but not until the season starts. So, if you missed that first season, you're wanting to dig in, head on over. In August to uh, to CW and catch you some Supergirl. Yes. And our, our last story, we won't dive too much into it, uh, is that the 2016 Harvey Award nominees have been announced. Uh, the Harvey Award nominees, well, the Harvey Awards are voted on exclusively by comic book creators. So those who write, drink, drink, those who write, draw ink, color, letter, design, edit, or are otherwise professionally involved get the chance to vote uh, Nick, did any of the uh, anything surprise you anything stand out um, It looks like
1: Valiant had a pretty good showing and they some, had fifty I,
0: fifty uh, nods fifty oh, nominations
1: which is which is great for them Valiant 's definitely a company that I think is here to stay, assuming that no bad business deals go awry. Uh, I mean they've really found a way to build up their universe slowly but surely uh and make and keep it relevant. I've of course missed a lot of their books. Uh, I've I've I mean I have read a handful. I've got their book Ray Ari Ray R A R A I Ray. It's going to go with Ray. Sure. Um uh I have it on the back burner, something that I plan on reading. Anyway, um so that's pretty cool. Um it looks like a lot of the the smaller independent publishers had a lot more stuff going on. Not a whole lot of um, Marvel and DC. I'm just kind of scrolling through here real quick. I'm actually not seeing a lot of Image comics on here.
0: Huh. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of stuff from like Boom, uh, as we mentioned, Valiant, uh, Iron Circus comics. Yeah. No, I'm not. I actually don't see. I see the occasional Marvel or DC, but I'm not really seeing any Image.
1: I saw one or two uh, best, so far. Best cover artist, uh, *Bitch Planet*. Best happens. continuing limited series, and *Saga* is there. Mm-hmm. Um, *Saga* again, uh, and *Southern Bastards*. Or Jason Aaron was nominated for *Southern Bastards* for best writer. Um, I guess now that I've scrolling down to maybe some of the like the the best stuff or whatever, or like the main stuff, um, you're seeing a little old. At least in one in each category, you're seeing Image Comics. Mm -hmm. Uh, actually yeah that's not that's not a whole lot of image that's uh, interesting other than that let me uh, best new series paper girls and uh, best colorist Jordy Belair was nominated for Injection
0: Jordy Belair could be nominated for every comic because Jordy Belair colors every comic I was surprised that Injection was the one that got Belair the nomination not to say that you know her work on injection isn't great, but is not Jordy a guy? Do we have you know, Jordy, Jordy's before? a girl. We've had this conversation several times.
1: Just names are just so weird these days.
0: I know. I thought Andrea Sorrentino was a woman, but I was wrong.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, Jordy Belair is a Jordy girl. Jordy
0: Belair is a girl. We've been over this. Uh, we'll go over this again. Yeah, and and Belair's coloring, by the way, on Batman was also really great. Very good compliment to Finch's art. It helped it clean up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was all around good time. But yeah, the Harvey Awards—I'm sure we'll talk about the winners. It's always uh, a fun time. You know, the Harvey Awards are kind of fun because it's a little—it feels a little bit more like this is the comics industry, celebrating the comics industry. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: I think when when you're having it be by their own professionals, it's probably better than some. Um, I mean, I'm not really sure who does the the Eisner Awards, who who nominates them. But, um, I mean, I, I I read a, I think it's great being nominated. I think it's great to win. I think with the way that like, um, it probably puts a few more eyeballs on certain books that get nominated. Um, but compared to like when someone gets nominated for an Oscar where a lot of eyes get put towards it and they probably see a spike in sales and at the end of the day, it's all about making money. Uh, Tom Brevor, and I'm totally paraphrasing, so you'd have to seek out his original, uh, comments basically said something along the lines like it's it's great that that people get nominated it's great that people win but at the end of the day like the the award means nothing as far as your output like mm-hmm. it's great that you nominated for that but like that doesn't mean that people are going to read your next thing so it's like you can't rely on the awards to somehow be like and hey, now i've reached my pinnacle like it right. you get nominated you get nominated it's it's wonderful but like, your work still has to speak for itself, and it doesn't necessarily dictate your popularity.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. But it's always still a cool time. It's cool for people to get recognized uh, for their work. And uh, and we look forward to seeing what comes out. And uh, now I have a question for, for both of us here. You mm-hmm. boys aren't nerds, are you? Absolutely, we are. This is the point of the show where we make some recommendations. So, uh, Nick, what do you have to recommend?
1: So I recommend Girls, not the HBO show. Uh, (laughs) Girls is by Jonathan and Joshua Luna. It came out like a decade ago. Um, I had at some point in my life purchased a complete edition on Comixology and finally just kind of got to reading it. Now, I want to say in previous episodes, I've discussed my love of The Sword uh-huh. Um, and of course, Alex plus Ada, which was only by Jonathan Luna, I wanna say, and Sarah vaughn um and also sad to say that Jonathan and Joshua Luna no longer make comic books together,
0: Oh, and your sound just went out again, uh try talking here, Nick, yeah, we're fine, just go ahead, so um, it's a little low, but we're near the end of the show, so it's all right so uh Jonathan and so so girls, sorry.
1: Um, is about some chic New York, uh, young twenty-somethings that uh, you experience their sexual escapades in Brooklyn. And anyway, Girls is actually an invasion story in uh, in some respects. Um, it's kind of going to blow your mind. And I feel like it's a book that you'll probably never read, but you'll be like, huh, like that sounds really good. I should check it out, and you should, but then you won't. Like Invincible. Um, it's about okay. So it's a small town, like very small town. Like everyone knows their name. It's just kind of like in the middle of nowhere um and it gets invaded by naked woman
0: okay
1: so um this the main character the main issue there's actually a lot of characters in the book but i guess like the opening point of view character um and just apparently because i read it like in the last week and now i can't remember anyone's names he works at the grocery store he gets drunk uh kind of calls everyone out on their bullshit and then um drives him, drives home while he's driving down the road in kind of a secluded area. A naked woman comes out into the road and he almost hits her, gets out, gets her into his car to, you know, and ends up bringing her back to her place. Uh, these two guys run out of the road and they're like, shit. Um, you know, we didn't get to her in time. The guy brings her home, you know, he checks on her. she seems fine. She's not really talking. He's just like, I don't really know what to do. I should bring her to the hospital. Um, and then she ends up having sex with him. Okay. And he just goes along with it, because why not? Um, the next day, uh, his ex-girlfriend and the only cop in town show up. And um, oh, he, I want to say he calls them. They show up. I don't know why the girl shows up at this point, but she does. Um, and all of a sudden, like the, this mystery naked woman is in his bathroom making weird groaning sounds. And when they open the door, she's surrounded by eggs. Okay. Anyway, these aches hatch and they turn into more like clones of the same woman and they're all naked and then they start attacking them. They actually okay. specifically how, wait. attack hmm? how, how, how far are you gonna go into the story? I'm just kind of giving you the lay of like the beginning of the story. Okay. Like, but I'm just trying to like tell you how ridiculous this book is. So the long long story short, uh the woman attacked the, the naked woman attack the woman in the town. Like they're, they're focused. They, they see them as threats. So they get rid of them. They're trying to have sex with all the men in the town so that they can keep making eggs and thus growing their ranks. This happens a couple times in the story at the center of this whole thing is a giant sperm, a single sperm that has created a force field around the entire town that they cannot escape from. And the outside world cannot enter. So basically it's like a survival. It's kind of like almost like a walking dead survival horror type story. But centered around naked woman and a giant sperm monster, that <laughs> okay. uh, that any woman that don't, don't even dead woman actually that takes the woman's body and then it eats them, and blows them up inside of itself for energy, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It is a messed up book, but it's also fantastic. The dialogue is really good. The character interactions—you feel like that. You you get the palpitations of like you're really absorbed into the story, and you don't know who's going to live, who's going to die, and how the whole thing's going to be, you know, wrapped up, said and done. It's 24 issues. You can get a complete collected volume, and it's it's worth it. It's a great book. I've really only kind of talked about the beginning, like the first you know two or three issues of the book. Um, so a lot more stuff happens. I think you really get into it. AK Nick recommends girls by Jonathan and Joshua Luna.
0: All right, uh, that is certainly a story that exists, and uh, I, I am intrigued by it, but we'll, we'll see if I ever read it. Uh, my recommendation this week is a uh, storyline from Detective Comics from New 52. Uh, and that is volume six Icarus it's uh issues thirty to thirty four in detective comics annual number three uh This is when Francis manipool took over and uh took over art duties and some of the writing as well uh with Brian I cannot pronounce uh, uh bu- bucaletto bucaletto. Uh, The synopsis, Batman finds himself knee-deep in a new mystery involving a deadly new narcotic that has hit the streets of Gotham. Can the Dark Knight stop the threat before the entire town finds itself embroiled in a deadly gang war that could burn everything and everyone down to the ground? Uh, It's a good detective story, it's highly entertaining, and you've got Francis Manapool art, which is just absolutely stunning and beautiful and, and worth the price of admission alone. Uh, you'd be doing yourself a favor checking this book out if you like Batman stories mystery stories or just looking for a superhero book with that just looks amazing uh, so Batman Detective Com- Comics Volume 6, Icarus I know it's a, a lot there but if you look up Detective Comics Francis Manipool or Icarus you will find it uh, on places like Amazon or Comicsology, and definitely, definitely worth the read <coughs> Cool. Well, Nick, do you have any thoughts to share with people as we are winding down here?
1: Uh, I'm sad that Game of Thrones Season 7 is being delayed, uh, apparently, so that they can film in actual inclement weather. But that is neither here nor there. David, take it away.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the show. Uh, if you want to find out more about the show, you can head on over to heckyeahcomics.com. Or uh, you can find us on Twitter at Heck Yeah Comics. You can also write us an email about any thoughts that you have, anything, uh, in the, you know, any any comic related thoughts, anything that we've said that stood out or your thoughts on books and you think that we're wrong. Send them to Heckyacomics at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Davluz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. You can find Nick trying to figure out how exactly he can finagle a bagel. And, of course, you can always find us here next week. If you enjoyed the show, then please tell your friends. And if you hated it, then please tell your enemies. Until next time, goodbye. Bye.
1: The
0: ever.